Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Emma Sasek's interview with the star for Alice Darling, Anna Kendrick. This interview originally ran in the Desert Sun in preparation for the Palm Springs Film Festival, and we thank them for the use of it. Hi. Hi. I'm so sorry I'm late. So for my birthday, we're going up north for a week. You're going to come, right? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it just came up. just came up. Just came up. Remember this thing I told you about? That sales thing? Turns out now they do need me to go. Why? Just, I came up, I guess. What am I gonna do without you? My beautiful girl. We are so glad that you came. Happy birthday! birthday. Happy birthday to you! We just really want you to relax. Relax in what way? My beautiful girl. Hey, baby. Is everything okay? What's going on? So I think I'm going to have to leave early. When did he become more important to you than us? Alice. Darling. I lied to him. He has every right to be angry. Lied? About what? About being here. That's my girl. I didn't know you were coming. Well, I'm sure Alice will explain it all later. Are you sorry for what you did? How are we supposed to be happy together if we can't trust each other? How did Simon know you were here? I looked at my email. I heard about the girl who went missing. Pretty worried about me. My beautiful girl. Is this what you think love is? I don't know how any of this is your business. Simon loves me. I'm happy. Why did you lie to him? I can't do another thing wrong. My beautiful girl. I'm the only person who knows you. Alice. Alice. Darling. Nobody loves you like I love you. My beautiful girl. Alrighty, hello. My name is Emma Sasek and I'm with the Desert Sun. How are you, Anna? I'm good. How are you? I just um, took this big swig of water as you were coming onto the screen. And did you ever take a big swig of water and realize like, oh, it's too big. What have I done? Oh, God. <laughs> just um, everything falling apart. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a good way to start off an interview, I think. Good omen. Just a, just a spit take off the top. 
Yes. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to meet you and Thank to you. chat about this film, which I really enjoyed watching. And it definitely impacted me in a number of ways. And so I'm really, really looking forward to diving in with you. But before we really get into all of that, I live here in Palm Spring, and I know that you're going to be here for the film festival. And I know it's not your first time coming to the festival. So I'd love to know, you know, what memories you have of times before. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Palm Springs. It's so gorgeous. This is, you know, yeah. no surprise to you. Um, people love coming there because it's because it's beautiful. But um, yeah, it's um, like such a lovely festival and um, uh, attracts such great talent and such interesting films. And um, I'm just very, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to come back. Because <laughs> last time you won an award, like in 2010, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun night. Yeah, I think I, I think that was the night that Mariah Carey gave a very interesting speech. Oh, okay. We'll see what repeats this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's my first time covering the festival, so I'm super excited for it. And when I saw that you would be there, I thought, I mean, what an awesome person to be here. A nice full circle moment for you. Um, but particularly with this film, I think every year is an amazing year for female-led films behind the screen and on screen. And I think this is just another one of those really wonderful, passionate projects that came out this year. Tell me a little bit about how this came to you and kind of your initial thoughts of the story and really everything that this film is covering. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I got this script, um, after sort of telling my team that I needed to take a break. Um, and I, um, I wanted to take a break for a lot of reasons. One was, uh, I knew that things were not, um, good in terms of my mental health state. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't really sure why, but, um, I, I knew that I needed some time. And, and also I think that I had been kind of putting one foot in front of the other for a long period of time with my career. And I wasn't kind of taking a second to take stock and actually figure out what do I want to do next, rather than just like, what, what did, you know, what, projects came together at what point and oh okay that's the next thing yeah. um so uh I and then COVID happened and that break got longer and uh I knew that I wanted to do something that was a little more restrained and a little more intimate and uh I felt like um you know there were smaller films like uh the assistant and swallow that i found uh really inspiring really beautiful and that had that um that quality of just creating such an oppressive atmosphere in ways where you didn't really understand why other than you could see the impact of the environment on the lead character and um I was also, you know, going through um, some stuff in my personal life that my team knew about. And, and when they sent this script, um, I do think they sent it very casually, like they weren't like priming me for what it was about and the tone and whatever. But um, uh, the subject matter was obviously very personal to me. 
And it had that quality of being more emotional and evocative than prescriptive. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the screenplay felt really poetic and really um, lean, uh, I, if that makes sense. And so uh, I was excited by, frankly, like how little dialogue there was and um, and how little, uh, you know, really prescriptive action there was it was it was a screenplay that seemed to really trust that spending time with this person um and investing in that person would take you on um a journey that you would care about and that's a really scary thing to trust as a performer especially because i, I basically knew that the the movie was going to be a lot of time with a camera really close to my face, which is really scary and really vulnerable, especially when you are wanting to shed all of the armor that you usually have on at work. So I was very excited and very nervous about uh, going into it, but I also knew that it it felt much better to be entering that space rather than um, doing something that felt familiar. And um, yeah, it was uh, just so beautifully crafted. And uh, I loved Alana's vulnerability on the page. And uh, I was just really grateful that she was um, not only so open about her experience, but that she was more emotionally open about it rather than like detail oriented, if that makes sense, that she was really putting a feeling across on the page, even though she wasn't going into great details about her experience. I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. I mean, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, there was so much happening in your personal life before all of this, but I wonder if maybe this was kind of like a, not necessarily like a healing project to work on, but I think that there are just so many beautiful moments in this, especially when you are with your girlfriends. And I mean, it's the little details that I think really make this film shine, like the looks that they are giving each other when they're like, something is not right here. This is not a healthy relationship. Um, Like them just saying like, she's not herself anymore. I mean, those are the moments that I was like, I know that somebody may have gone through something like this or know somebody who's gone through it or, you know, experienced it in some ways where they really are showing that vulnerability, as you mentioned. Yeah. uh, I think that the friendships in the movie are really 
powerful. And uh, I was so grateful to be surrounded by Wumi and Ganyadio, um, who brought like such different energies to the set, but who were just so perfect for their um, characters. And yeah, the the kind of quiet moments were, I think, the most impactful. And we ended up finding more and more that like we could just say less and it would still come across. Um, so it was, yeah, like it was, it was very validating um, because the first day that I met Winmi, she was talking about how um, she loved the script and she, you know, very, very sweetly said uh, she was excited to see my performance. And uh, that was a very generous thing for her to say. And I was saying that I, I love that the script um, didn't show a lot of the behavior that didn't focus on Simon's behavior. Um, and it didn't focus on like showing the evidence and when me said, well, Anna, you're the evidence. Yeah. And uh, that was such a beautiful thing for her to say because she was talking about my performance, but it was personally really validating to hear that because that's true that, you know, we have to learn that that's true for ourselves. I think that so many women, um, if, well, I guess if they're anything like me, sort of pour over well, wait, what did they say? And what did I say? And where were we? And what time was it? And how did my voice sound? And how did his voice sound? And, and if I can just pick apart the evidence, uh, you know, like, like I'm in, like, I'm trying to catch the Zodiac killer or something, <laughs> um, then, then maybe I'll have proof and I'll believe myself. And that uh, the impact that it's had on you is enough evidence is a really hard thing to believe. And um, that was something that ended up being really important to me as we went into the edit that, um, again, like in the way that the screenplay does it. And when we were on set, the instinct was to just pull back even more that when we were in the edit, like really relying on trusting Alice's experience was important to me because it was sort of, you know, symbolic of me being able to trust my own experience. So that ended up being something that, was my kind of uh, thesis for, you know, any note that I had during the edit. And again, like it ends up being kind of healing because I am externalizing it, but um, like sort of fighting for Alice in a way that I wish I'd been able to fight for myself was very powerful. And, you know, there's definitely a difference between like a big showy performance versus one that's very intuitive and emotional, even if there's not like a big crying scene or anything like that. And I feel like with every, everyone's performance in this film, it's really just feeling those bonds. And it seems like you three have been like best friends forever based on how you interact so well in here. What was it like to to just, you know, be on set with the girls. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing that, you know, because we we didn't have a ton of time. And um, I, I really just credit that to um, Wumi and Ganyadio just bringing themselves into the project so generously. Even Ganyadio, who is so stoic and, like, dry and hard to crack, like, <laughs> in her own way, she just... Um, was so available. And uh, I, I think, you know, I just 
couldn't have been luckier in terms of the the people on set and and that it's weird to say but that includes charlie who plays simon um (laughs) you know he's like so hateable in, in the movie but it's a credit to his performance that that's you know how audiences feel about him because he's the loveliest guy and um yeah he really understood that simon's internal experience is one of a victim and that's that's complicated because um you know uh i think we would prefer to think of abusers as like mustache twirling cartoon villains and uh yeah for him to sort of play it as this like broken little boy for a lot of the movie was a really brave and uh, thoughtful choice I think um one more question before we have to wrap up but as you come to the Palm Springs Film Festival as more audiences get to see this film what are you really hoping are either key takeaways with them or at least just how you want people to feel after watching this powerful film? Um, I think that, look, I think it would be easy to hope that people who are in this kind of relationship might see themselves. But I, I think that when I think about like, oh, what what do I wish I had heard or what do I wish I had seen when I was in that situation? I don't have an answer because I don't know what would have helped me because I don't know what I was ready to hear if that makes sense. Um, But I think that something really um, interesting is that the way that these friends show up for Alice is, you know, it's something that evolves over the course of the film and it's, you know, um, messy and it's not always perfect, but the fact that they just continue to show up for her, even when she's on kind of bad behavior is the bravest thing that I think you can do when a friend of yours is in trouble. I love that moment too. Just the, at that end, finding final shot, pretty much the three of them together. It's like roll credits, perfection, everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Anna, so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. And I so, hope to see you, you in Palm Springs. Yes, I'll see you there. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Emma Sassick's interview with the star for Alice Darling, Anna Kendrick, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Special thank you to the Desert Sun newspaper for allowing us to post this interview where it originally ran in preparation for this year's Palm Springs Film Festival. You can subscribe over at the Desert Sun for all of their coverage of the festival and other related news topics. Alice Darling is receiving a Los Angeles qualifying theatrical run on December 30th before it expands into theaters nationwide exclusively at AMC Theaters on January 20th, 2023. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.